Kathy? Nora. I have a wet bum. You do. <laughs> I made her sit on a towel. It looks like a Greek patriot towel. <laughs> Blue and white stripes. Blue and white stripes, yeah. No, I got caught in the rain on my bike, and I thought I'd dry it off the seat. But yeah. No. Yeah. How are you I doing? better not stain my chair you said you had new jeans on i know it'll stain oh. your blue and white towel if anything <laughs> so you found something that Weird. interested me <laughs> yeah you talk to it i've been kind of circling around virtual reality <laughs> people will have noticed a little bit the last little while as have you actually yes. and for the came... last like 20 years That's practically right. <laughs> So I, uh, I came across this thing, which in of itself is kind of a wacky little thing. It's a, a group called Marshmallow Laser Feast, which sort of tips you off that it might be a little bit wacky. It's called In the Eyes of the Animal. And so it's a virtual reality headset that they describe as looking kind of like a diving helmet. You know, those yeah. old-fashioned diving helmets? You put it over oh, your head. Oh, like the Jules Byrne one? Kind of like that, <gasps> yeah. Oh, oh, I would love that. Yeah, kind of like that. It looked like it might be a little bit uncomfortable, but anyway. Um, and basically what it lets you do is see the world through the eyes of an, different animals in the forest. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a complicated thing about how they did it. They basically did it through scanning things and also through using aerial 360-degree um, drone yep. uh, images. And so the idea is to kind of put you in the eyes of an animal in the forest and experience it through not just their perspective, but the way various types of animals actually see things, right? The way their eyes work and stuff so like you that. So you could be the lion or you know, you could be the antelope. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's after an English forest, so I don't think there are lions there. But anyway, the thing that intrigued me about it was that... I would like that lion and antelope thing. <laughs> you know how we grew up with that? And here it comes in the Serengeti. The like lion. Mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the reason I liked this was not so much because of the thing in itself, but because what one of the creators refers to, who says... Um, they see it as a kind of a, a portal to empathy in the sense of like, you know, you're mm -hmm. literally not putting yourself in someone else's shoes, but putting yourself in someone else's eyes, like another creature's eyes. And it made me think about all the interesting applications. Like we talk so much about like gaming and movies for virtual reality, but empathy, right? If you well, could I've really... talked about, you know, psychoanalyzing and using it for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think there's actually some really interesting potential in those kind of creative uses. Especially now that it really seems to be at, as you say, after talking about it for 20 years, it really seems to be at this tipping point. Like just recently there was this whole thing about how um, Facebook at the Oculus Developers yes. Conference made this announcement about how they're committed to spending tons and tons of money after already spending $2 billion for Oculus Rift wow. on virtual reality. And then Netflix has this thing. I know, that works with the Samsung Gear virtual reality yeah. headset thing where you can like, and this is actually kind of sad, it's basically you put on headphones, you put on the virtual reality, and you kind of go into a virtual home entertainment theater and watch Netflix movies there, I guess, so your loved ones don't bother you or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but there really is so much attention in VR right now. And I just thought, like, wow, what? think of all the wacky, exciting things you could do with it. Well, yeah, it is kind of like a holodeck, really. Mm -hmm. What would you like the animal thing? What experience would you like to have? 
I, I thought the animal thing was kind of neat as far as it went, but I think, you know, you could imagine an animal application, for instance, to experience what it's like, say, to be a polar pair, polar pair? <laughs> to be a polar bear whose habitat is being eroded or something. Like, that kind of empathy, I think, could mm-hmm. be really kind of interesting. Or, as you say, for... Um, for therapeutic purposes. Yeah, imagine being able to put that on and to see, let's suppose um, you have an autistic child Mm -hmm. and to be able to see and hear what the world looks like. From their perspective. From their perspective. Yeah, yeah. That would be amazing, actually. Mm -hmm. You can only imagine Facebook is imagining some type of scenario where the social network of the future is people connecting in virtual reality, I'm imagining. That's why they're putting all this money into it. Yeah. I'd love to go and hear him talk about that, what he's planning. Mm-hmm. I think they're being a bit tight-lipped about it, to be honest with you, but there you go. Yes, they are. Have you ever seen the Oculus Rift? You talk about it a lot. Have you played with it? I have not seen it in the wild. I've only you know, read about it and seen pictures of it and stuff. Actually, this is just sort of a little aside, but there seems to be lately... I've been noticing a bit of a trend of an interest in our animal natures. Hmm. How do you mean? Well, there's a couple of installation artists in Toronto who have just put up um, a a, a huge uh, project at High Park, and it's called We Are All Animals. Hmm. And it's all about looking, like really trying to, I'm going to go and see it. I haven't yet seen it, Uh but about, you know, relating to our animal selves and how much we are like that. And I've been thinking about that lately, too. You know, it's uh, just losing that sense of our animal selves, like how it feels, how things smell, how things touch, you know, mm-hmm. the touch of things, you know? Mm-hmm. It's weird, actually, because I, I am fond of saying, when we're talking about things like mediated relationships and our use of social media, like that we forget we're animals all the time. I've totally been using that exact expression because I think there is that sense of like, there's a lot that you know about the world around you that doesn't come from your, you know, cerebral functions, right? It comes from your body. Yeah. 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 And if we're all, can you imagine a world when we've all got this VR on all the time and we're completely without it, without our sensory experiences. But I thought you loved VR. I do, mm-hmm. I do, but I am also, through my, I just a sort of a private personal thing, have come to realize how important the animal part of our bodies is, yeah. and how important it is to be touched and held. Like that is a part of being human too. It's mm-hmm. not just this head, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. being propelled along by this body, which is how I tend to treat it sometimes. Yeah. Now I have just a quick kind of a. A neat thing. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this site that I used to go to a long time ago when we first started this. Yeah. And it was called betterhumans.org. And they would have all these different stories on just interesting but kind of wiggy experiments that were happening in terms of human development. Mm-hmm. Like and, sort of transhumanist stuff, <laughs> life right. extension, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and then they went away mm-hmm. under construction. Well, now they're back. And it's this really jazzy website. Did you have a chance to go and take a look at it? I did. It's much the old, uh, well, it was a long time ago, but the old Better Human site, I don't know. It almost looked a bit like a message board in a weird way. It was, the layout was not that. It had a lot more information on it than this one Mm. did. But yeah, but it was all about extending human longevity. And they were saying things like um, 90 is the new 50. 
and they've got this group, it, it, it all appears to be not-for-profit, and they have a group of pretty big thinkers. They're all throwing their time into this project to come up with ways to extend human life. And I think by 2030, we could be looking at living well past 90. That's what I found on that site. And at least if you go and you, know, and you dig in far enough. And I thought, wow, would you want to live to be 90? And what if they could, and they were talking about extending it even further to like 120. Mm -hmm. And how could we live in a healthy way? And that was one of the big things they were using, you know, like um, stem cell research and things like that. They, the site Better Humans, this organization, they got a big amount of funding from a thing called the Methuselah Foundation. Yeah, 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 there's a link to it. Which is uh, started by that guy, Aubrey de Grey, or whatever his name is, who's one of these long, long time, extend your life types of people. I think even if you're kind of a skeptic about the ability to live, certainly to these extreme old ages, but to much older uh, periods than we're living now, Yeah. even if you're skeptical about that, I think it's also like pretty obviously the case that there's going to be a lot of attention focused on that. Within 10 years, one in four Canadians is going to be over the age of 60. And if you think about all of those people aging, if they're all in bad health, that's going to be an insane burden on the healthcare system, right? Like, yes. And, yeah. you know, you think about the difference between, like, my father is 93 years old, and he's still, you know, knock on wood, he's still in good health. Yeah. He's um, amazing. And you could imagine that scenario where there are like lots of people who are not like my dad's statistical outliers, but where you can get people to a slightly better level of health. And what would that look like to have such a large percentage of the population, not only old, but extremely old? But the idea is, again, 90 is the new 50. So if you felt like you do at 50, mm -hmm. that's a completely different ballpark than yeah. what you would traditionally feel like at 90. Mm -hmm. I just wonder like, how on earth could we possibly afford it? Like it, it's gonna, if they do that, it's gonna completely change everything. Like when will we retire? Mm -hmm. I think, but I'd see, I think the problem is that people are living longer and longer lives already, but they're just not necessarily doing it in good health, right? Like that to me is the interesting yeah. promise of that uh, healthy component of it. It's not that just extending your life thing that is, that's potentially interesting. I wonder if it'll get flipped into the public healthcare system so that everybody has the possibility for this, or if it's something that's going to be for the very wealthy only. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's the inter that is really super interesting, right? Is to what extent these kinds of technologies become something that only really, really rich people can afford. Yeah, because now, you know, there's so much talk about these hyper expensive pills, like these 750, no, $7,000 pills and things like that. And I could see there are people out there that have enough money, the one percenters, that could, you know, be very healthy and live to be 120. I have to say, I tend to be a little bit more skeptical about this kind of stuff than you do in the sense of I'm not as convinced that that's going to that happen, eh? that it's going to be that technically possible to do that. And I also think it's entirely possible that there's stuff going on in our environment that means that you know our children are going to end up living way shorter lives than we well, yes. or our parents do, right? Like yes. that's not counting into all the fact, all the other things like climate change and da da da. That yeah, may that get we're in the way. We're killing ourselves, mm -hmm. and in the meantime, we're trying to figure out how to live forever. Yeah, how egotistical, how human. It's very human, eh? But it's definitely worth going and taking a look at it. And go take a look at the people who they've got on their board. That's what stopped me and made me think. Okay.
okay, you don't get people from Harvard, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, on these boards unless there's something real behind it. Well, I definitely agree with you I th- that I think there's going to be a huge push towards all those kind of technologies of health extension for sure. But I don't think it's for the common good. Hmm. I really don't. This is when, you know, I get kind of cynical. I think it's for the very wealthy. It'd be like that movie Ex Machina, like some guy oh, in a yeah. fantastic house somewhere working on high-end technologies, extending their lives while the rest of us die. I know, or else our old robots are like old, <laughs> not robots. Like, like the rest of us are like these old slaves like, oh. <laughs> at 90. I don't know. What will we do? Let's go to the farm. Okay. Get out of here. Food. <laughs> and look fabulous. <laughs> We've got links to all this stuff uh, on your phone, if you're listening on your phone, or at the website, thesniffer.net. So come on down. Bye. Bye.